Hey guys, Kyle Porter here. I wanted to welcome you back to the Pistols Firing Podcast. Uh, we really appreciate you listening. Carson and I have had uh, just a lot of fun this summer doing these podcasts. I mean, they're always fun, but this summer especially has been really cool between Tony Allen coming on, Matthew Wolf, Janava Weatherspoon, uh, Mike Holder. We, we've had some really fun guests and, and just really enjoyed a lot of the feedback that you guys have provided. So hopefully you're enjoying them as well. Um, wanted to give you an update uh, real quick on our contribution program. This is something that we kind of rolled out about a year ago. We've got just under 320 contributors on the website right now, uh, which is which is awesome. Uh, honestly, it's allowed us to do some things that we wouldn't have been able to do. Uh, bring on a wrestling writer. We're able to bring on a photographer to uh, go to some away games, to have a little bit of a travel budget, um, to hopefully pay some people uh, a little bit more than uh, they were previously making. And, and we want to continue that in the future. So uh, I just wanted to thank you for your contribution if you are uh, doing that. And if you're not, encourage you, uh, if you can, to, to help us out. I know that there are several websites that I frequent that uh, they don't, they don't require a uh, payment. They don't have a paywall or anything like that, but I just like giving to them because I want their content to continue into the future. I like consuming uh, their, their stuff, their takes, uh, as we like to say. Um, so if that's you and you enjoy PFB, I uh, would encourage you to go to our homepage and and uh, click on contribute and, and help us out a little bit. So I did want to mention one thing logistically about this podcast. We taped it in between Mike Gunny's press conference and then his breakout session on Tuesday at Big 12 Media Days, me, Carson, uh, as well as Kyle Boone. And obviously, uh, Gundy did not talk about Holder in his press conference, but then he did talk about him in his breakout session. So that was some fake news uh, that we discussed uh, in between the press conference and the breakout session. So we went back and redid it on Wednesday uh, in a different setting. We had to do it on the phone. So apologies that that's broken up in the in the middle a little bit, uh, but we did have a lot of fun talking about uh, Dax Hill. We talked about Taylor Cornelius. We talked about uh, just kind of what we experienced at Big 12 Media Days. Jake Trotter of ESPN makes an appearance talking about Boise State and uh, just kind of the implications of that game for Oklahoma State at the beginning of the season. So I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, thank you again for reading the website. Thank you for listening and for continuing to support what we're doing here. We are back at it at the Star Frisco, Texas. We're here at Big 12 Media Days. This is a fun edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I have two Kyles with me, Kyle Porter as always, and joining us is also Kyle Boone. We're doing a three-man pod here at uh, Big 12 Media Days. Mike Gundy just held his opening press conference. Uh, what were your guys, first First off, what do you think of this place we're at and uh, being at Big 12 Media Days? We'll get into Gundy in a sec. Kyle Boone furiously updating Dax Hill's commitment status. <laughs> he's, not even, he's not even paying attention to me and Carson. He just... He just just tapping away at the at the keyboard. Has Boone been just following Justice all day, just <laughs> questioning him about Dax? Yeah, that's my sole job in Frisco today. Uh, no, this is this is great. This is my second year, uh, Kyle's first year, and it's such a. I feel like for stuff like this, you can have a setup that is complicated, and you don't know where everything is, and it can be a mess. I feel like when I come here, it feels laid back. It feels peaceful. It feels like. You come, you get what you need, and then you leave, and it 
it's it's just it's a really good experience. I feel like. Yeah. And so I'm glad that they moved it here from because I, I never went to the Omni downtown. Yeah, it, it was smaller quarters. You know, we're in this football stadium essentially right now, but in a way. As opposed to years past, years past felt like more of a scramble to get yeah. all of your stuff done. Now, as you mentioned, it's very structured, and it always has been. But I think just having it on a giant football field in one space, because before at the Omni there were twelve different rooms, twelve different floors. You we were trying to navigate; it just seemed like a maze. Where this is pretty sweet, and I'm kind of upset they're moving it to Jerry World. That's going to be. Are they really? Yeah, they, they announced yesterday that uh, they're moving it to the state Jerry World Stadium. Wow. Which. I'm staying at the hotel here at the start. I push the elevator button, boom, I'm here. Why, why are they moving it? Ask Jerry Jones, I guess. Too he many, owns he owns both of them. Too many uh, too many blog boys attending. I guess. I mean, <laughs> I don't understand it. I mean, they've always held media days in the city in which the championship game is held. So maybe since the championship game's there, they want to do it there. Look, Jerry owns both places, so if Jerry right. wants it there, that's where it's going to be. But this is perfect because it's their practice facility, and this is like the warm up for the championship game. Hey, you're preaching the choir. I'm pissed they're moving it they to Jerry World. They should play the championship game here. That would be amazing. I guess high schools play here. but What, uh, what are your initial thoughts? This is your first It's first awesome. Year? Yeah. It's like a little, small little heaven. I mean, this is I cool. wouldn't go that far. <laughs> this is cool. It's like, it, it feels like a one, like, huge campus. I yeah. mean, like, the, the food outside, it's like all, like, Dallas Cowboys yeah, themed. It's, and cool. it's a pretty amazing nice. setup, no doubt. It's all on brand. So like you, you guys weren't here for day one. You missed nope. Oklahoma, even though yes. you guys are a Sooner blog now. Remember people coming at you about that. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't cover Lincoln Riley, but that's okay. Okay, guys, we need to talk about uh, Mike Gundy and Mike Holder. Uh, I mentioned this at the very beginning of the podcast. Um, but Gundy, it, so, so when we taped, originally taped this podcast, we were in between at Gundy's press conference and then sort of the breakout session. And we didn't think that Gundy was going to talk about Holder. So we have 15 minutes worth there. Uh, we had to, we had to scrap it because he did talk about Holder in an extensive way. Uh, so just Carson, you were, you were there, you were, you sort of opened the door a little bit, starting to talk about Holder. Just what was your reaction as Gundy started to open up about Mike Holder and recruiting and their relationship? Well, I was shocked because I'd stood there for 30 minutes, just bored to tears. It just didn't seem like anything interesting was going to come up. And he he mentioned Holder by name about the video board. He had that great soundbite that, that, that Mark Cooper tweeted out about Holder worrying about electricity. So I brought up Holder and just his relationship with administration and getting all the facilities done to try to get him on that topic. And, and credit to Garen Emig. Garen Emig's the one that got him to really kind of open up about it and I was stunned and pleasantly surprised. I mean, yeah. that's really everything. I tweeted this. Everything he needed to say was said right then and there. I, I think it's a non-story moving forward because he basically came out and said what he had to. That he understood where Mike Holder was coming from. I think we all agree. We we all understand where Mike Holder was coming from. It didn't maybe come out in the best way. And I thought Gundy just handled it beautifully. And I tweeted this. He, you know, Gundy. And, and one of my followers, Daniel Dennis, I retweeted him, said, you know, Gundy acts like this crazy farmer persona, but behind the scenes, <laughs> he's, pretty, he's pretty smart. And that's kind of my big takeaway. He's, he's clever like a fox. He knows what he's doing at all times. He knows, Kyle, uh, you asked the question at the main press conference, credit to you for doing that. I know people are giving you crap about it, but the question had to be asked. Jake Trotter yeah. kind of put you up to it to ask it. But he knew, <laughs> if he, he knew if he commented on it right then and there, it's on the ESPN scroll. It's a it's beamed nationwide, and he kind of diffused the subject with just the local media. I thought that was brilliant. 
Yeah, I did too. I, I thought it was I thought it was really smart. I thought that he it it was brilliant. Just the way he received all of the questions and then turned them back and and really turned it into like one of his stand-up acts. It it was it was unbelievable and he turned what was a a kind of a weird rocky situation into nothing. It's over with. Praise praise the Lord. It's over with. Uh Kyle, you had actually left uh the scrum with Gundy to go see if Dax had turned on his uh, find my location on your on his iPhone like just to yeah. see where he, where he was at. Uh when you heard about what Gundy had said, um just what what was your initial uh, thought about it? Well, I agree with Carson. It's it, it was smart that he addressed it. Uh, I think we talked about it yesterday, but was surprised that he didn't choose to address it in his main big press conference setting. Um, but at the same time, I think he he knew that this was the way he wanted to approach it. He wanted to uh, broach the subject in a smaller, more intimate setting. And I think by the time he ended up approaching it, it was probably in his last like 10 minutes of the small local media setting where yeah. uh, half of half of the writers had already gone on and they were transcribing quotes. Uh, there was some local TV outlets who were sitting behind me who were yelling expletives, realizing that they had just missed <laughs> uh, Gundy and Holder uh, conversation. I won't I won't out those people, but. I was cracking up and and also kind of mad that I just missed it, but uh, I think it's smart. You know, he he put it away quietly. Uh, it, it's not going to be on the ticker, as far as I can tell. Um, it, it's not a story anymore. So now we can we can move on. And uh, it seems like Gundy and Holder have actually talked, which is good news. That's encouraging news. And and Carson asked yesterday just uh, about their relationship, their their relationship status on Facebook, and uh, and Gundy <laughs> said things are pretty well. So I, th- I think that all of that is encouraging. Um, crisis avoided for the time being until, uh, you know, Gundy goes on the podcast and just unleashes fury. So. And I, I also, I can't wait till Gundy comes on the pod. But <laughs> I also thought it was interesting, guys, that uh, he talked pretty intimately about just how little he deals with Mike Holder. He brought yeah, up Chad Weiberg yeah. and Burns Hargis. I think that's pretty accurate. I think he probably deals with those two more than Mike Holder. And Gundy even said other other programs are this way and that head coaches don't really interact with their athletic directors a lot. So not only did he diffuse kind of the, the Holder comment situation, he also kind of enlightened us a little bit on the fact that, you know, people always make such a big deal how they don't get along. Well, it sounds like to me, at least this is the message Gundy's putting out there, is they're not exactly involved with each other that often. Yeah, totally. And, uh, you know, I, I thought it was funny because, like, I think we were all pretty critical. I know me and Carson were of people who overreacted, um, just even nationally, like, oh, what, you know, this is this is crazy, calling out your, you know, whatever. And it was somewhat funny that Gundy, of all people, was one of the people that understood it the best. Like and, and maybe and maybe he actually was mad about it and he was just saying that he wasn't, but the way he explained it was sort of the I mean it was exactly what we had been sort of saying all along. Uh, he didn't he did note that he didn't read it all uh, or listen to it all, so we didn't get right. that paid that page view or that uh, <laughs> that uh, podcast. Uh, number up but uh he did get bits and pieces he said and 
He understood the context. By the way, could this have ended any other way other than Gundy uh, turning an emoji into like a real life, like doing <laughs> like doing an emoji in real life? Like that's how the whole thing ended, basically. We walked. We were walking um, out of the star yesterday, and I approached Carson from behind, and he was working on a Mona Lisa for Twitter. It was like Gundy's. <laughs> Uh, meme and then it was like you know like an emoji face that slowly framed up and approached right on top of Gundy's face it was so good <laughs> the transition aired on channel five I need to I need to tweet that out actually yeah, yeah you great. do you do the transition between Gundy doing his own emoji face to talking about snakes getting his peacock eggs was <laughs> was I mean just otherworldly nobody does it like he does yeah yeah, and, and even Gundy even saying, um, you know, it was basically like, hey, Holder lobbed me up a good social media hit and I knocked it out of the park uh, was more <laughs> or less, uh, you know, his, his comment on the subtweet that he sent the day after the, the podcast. I mean, it's like um, he switched gears from, from like 2014 Gundy on the main podium presser to like yeah. 2017 Gundy, like don't care what's happening. I'm just trying to get home and get back to my cattle. Um, really quick, and it was really interesting. And at the beginning of it, I think we all think of the the thinking face he made. But at the beginning, he kind of did the the eye roll with his hand up in yeah. the air, like I <laughs> yeah. can't believe Holder's doing this again. So he kind of yeah. he almost reenacted his his reaction. Uh, I thought another interesting thing, guys, was before he really opened up about Holder, he talked at length about recruiting. I know yeah. Boone probably interested in what he had to say as well, but I just thought he really he dove headfirst into the fact of why he doesn't recruit certain guys who are rated maybe four or five stars he dove into the fact that you know a lot of guys don't want to play in Stillwater, so they just they're eliminated right off the bat and he kind of he dove into that pretty well i just wanted to get both of your takes on it yeah i i and and some of that like there, there's some reality to like this culture thing i know everybody kind of sometimes maybe rolls their eyes at it or whatever but i i think there is like a, a real thing to finding guys that fit into your culture but some of it is just like retroactively justifying the fact that you haven't gotten four or five stars he mentioned uh, i think it was 2012 or 2013 he said something like we got out of our box and we almost we almost didn't recover from it yeah and it's like well what what does that mean you almost won the big 12 in 2013 like you should have right. won the big 12 i i didn't and i didn't get a chance to follow up on it but I wanted to ask you I, the two things that I wanted to ask him were, uh, what do you mean by you got out of your box? And then, uh, do you think you're recruiting at a level at which you can win national championships? Cause I think his, his answer to that is, and maybe I'll ask him that at, at the Stillwater media days, but, um, those are two sort of follow-ups I had to the whole thing. I, I just didn't, I didn't totally understand what he was getting at there. Yeah, and uh, I think something that he said was kind of interesting, maybe stuck out to me a little bit, was uh, debunking the notion that that Gundy doesn't recruit blue chip players. Um, obviously, he lands a lot of three stars, and and people are slamming their fist on the table, begging for more four and five stars, more Dax uh, level players. But he he even said it's like you know a lot of these guys, four stars, five star recruits. We offer them early. That is their strategy. They try and project some of these kids years ahead because reality is these type of players don't want to come to Oklahoma State or some of these kids aren't a good fit at Oklahoma State. So 
they're I guess the benefit for them is they try and get in early they try and create a relationship and they were one of the first to offer and um, and they try and go that route but uh, Gundy said that um, you know most blue chips aren't interested in OSU which is obviously true uh, and then and then a lot just aren't interested in or OSU isn't interested in uh, because you know they're a bad fit uh, whether that's a a bad fit culturally or just bad fit schematically or talent wise. So, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know if there was any like major things that we could glean from OSU's grand formula, uh, with recruiting, but I think he did open up some on recruiting that was really interesting to me. I thought, uh, by the way, can you imagine the string of emojis and, and, uh, gifts he's going to tweet out if Dax commits? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I forgot what I was going to say. I just, oh, I thought the best quote that he had was about, and you mentioned this earlier, Carson, but <laughs> about hooking up the video board and then putting, a, he goes, you put one of them, uh, them things that measures your blood pressure on holder and just watch that thing spin as the electric meter goes up. <laughs> and it was like, that that was the very first thing that he said about Holder the entire day. Yeah. And I was like I was like, wait a second. Like that felt like an invitation to ask him about Holder. And maybe That's yeah. why I did. Yeah. And, <laughs> and maybe I it, thought the best best part of it was I, I don't even know if we plugged it in yet. <laughs> <laughs> like 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 the Jumbotron has just this plug that you just plug in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was so good. The last fifteen minutes of Gundy yesterday was uh, was pretty awesome. It was really yeah. good. We're going to wrap up soon, but I th- I, we do need to mention that uh, Gundy, in talking about Holder and facilities and everything, he, he kind of broke some news that they're going to have a, a Barry Sanders statue. You know, this is the 30th yeah. anniversary of his unbelievable 1988 season. I know Pat Jones has been really vocal in, in complaining about there's being no recognition for Barry as far as the statue is concerned. So it sounds like they're getting a lot of those Stuff, all that stuff around the stadium done. Gundy mentioned the banners and the in the uh, indoor facility. So Gundy broke some news too about the Barry statue. That'll be cool. Yeah, it will be cool. And I think it's you know Oklahoma State's not the most storied program, but to re- at least recognize the parts of its history that have been really good. You know, he talked about. I mean, our stadium's perfect for like a Ring of Honor type thing. You can mm-hmm. put that around the the ribbon thing around the you know the. <laughs> press or the I, I forgot what they're called but uh yeah i think it's i think that the i mean they're sort we're sort of watching them build a tradition in real time which is pretty cool what uh who would be in the ring of honor what retired numbers do they have it's fenimore sanders well, it would be ori lemon <laughs> it would be ori lemon it'd be brandon pettigrew uh yeah who else, who else does he love carson kindle hunter Kendall Kendall Hunter. Hunter, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Andre Sexton, yeah. Maybe Russell on staff still. Someone sent me a great tweet. He just tried to slip this in there. It was a great tweet. He said, "Long overdue." This is Ben Mabra. Long overdue. We need some recognition for former greats, even if it's just a number and last name around the stadium. Example: thirty-four Thomas, twelve yeah. Garmin, three Whedon, eighty-one Blackman. <laughs> <laughs> Snuck that twelve Garmin in there. <laughs> 12 would probably be Gundy, let's be honest. Uh, that's that's really Would good. Gundy get a statue? That'd be uh, weird. No, Gundy doesn't get a statue. Whedon might. Bob Stoops has a statue. 
Oh, as far as I was thinking players. Yeah, I mean, eventually I think Gundy should, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's their all-time winningest coach. He's kind of he, – he's well-deserved. Can you imagine? I think so, too. You, you have this, like, circle of statues. You got Barry. You got Thurman. You got Whedon. You got maybe Boone. You got Gundy. And then you got Ori Lemon there. <laughs> <laughs> and Pettigrew. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Shane Gadsden. <laughs> that's who kyle would vote for does does gundy's statue have a mullet or no like do they retroactively they go to like 2008 gundy which is the spike or do they they have to put the mullet on it don't I they i think it had it'd have to have a mullet yeah i'm i yeah i i would think so it, i don't know with the, the, the oakleys on the oakleys with the mullet that's like uh that yeah they could just take the print that we did for our t-shirts but that's like what is a guy going to the Hall of Fame like wearing which hat? It's like Gundy mullet or mullet or no mullet. There's two eras, the spike and then the, the mullet. So maybe he would just pick himself. Yeah. Um, okay, we are going to get back to the rest of this podcast. We appreciate you guys uh, indulging us to uh, redo our Gundy holder segment. And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of it. He did have some interesting interesting things to say. He basically come out came out and said that Taylor Cornelius is the quarterback. Yeah. What, what was both of your reactions? Kind of traded that off. It's like, hey, I'm not going to talk about Holder, but here's some news. Yeah. Taylor Cornelius is is the guy going into August. I was. So I'm, I'm I, trying to sell my Spencer Sanders stock, like as we speak. You already? No calls. You're just giving up? <laughs> Boone's on his phone. On I'll buy him next summer. TD Ameritrade, trying <laughs> to get rid of it. Maybe TD Ameritrade should sponsor our podcast. Uh, I was I was surprised. I was surprised too, because I I think that the way that Gundy talked about Spencer Sanders in December, y'all be good. It made me feel like this was going to happen, and maybe it still does. I mean, he did he did like he gave himself an out, like he hedged it a little. He did not write name on the starter. But then it was weird because he followed it up by saying, "And I haven't seen him since April." Right? Yeah, and you're like. Okay, like what is what does that mean? Uh, I don't know. That that was that was really surprising to me. I I, I was, um, and I'm still all in on Spencer Sanders. Like I oh, I, I think he's going to be an awesome college quarterback, yeah. and I think he's probably going to play this year some in some capacity, and maybe he even ends up being the starter. But I was surprised to see him name the the oil. we can print the oil baron shirts oil baron true. yeah yeah it's official it's come a long way uh, <laughs> how much from, of that is because drew brown is not on campus I what do you mean like, what do you mean drew brown isn't on campus no no no. i know but like how much of his comments were that yeah how much is just like well, he's hedging now because he's only he's really only probably seen taylor cornelius they haven't think, started practice he hasn't seen spencer sanders and last time we heard him talk about spencer sanders it was like it was his fourth son <laughs> it was like all in on Spencer Sanders. Spencer was fishing at his compound. Right. Gundy Ranch. Never says a word. He was stocking his his pond just for Spencer. Yeah. Well, so, and I, I think I that's, don't know that anything's changed since then. I was surprised in his verbiage and saying he's the guy, <clears throat> but I wasn't surprised in that when you really step back and think about it. You know, look at the spring game. It was Cornelius, and then it was kolar and woodty yeah so of course cornelius is your guy with the, out of those three yeah and brown as we said is not on campus i guess is sanders on campus yet yeah sanders is on yeah campus. Uh, beginning, there, of, beginning of june like gundy hasn't yeah. seen him either yet officially as far as in an osu practice setting so i think one he's giving a guy who's been in the program a lot we know gundy loves that right like guys like 
NHL. Pay the dues. Been in the program forever. Yep. Haven't transferred. Uh, I think he's giving him his due yep. for having a good spring, and I think he did have a good spring. I thought he played well in the orange and white game. I think he's giving him his due, but I think he's going to sing a totally different tune come August when Drew Brown and Spencer Sanders are competing for the job. Interesting. I think then there's a real shot, and I think he's going to play it cool. Like he he might pull the deal where he doesn't announce until the first game or like the yeah. week of the first. I'm game. all in. Uh, I want that to happen. Because <laughs> did, when did he name did he name Wes Lunt uh, before the first game? I think he did. I think he did well, in the summer. The, it was Savannah State. I think he did like two or three weeks before. Two or three weeks before. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I was there when he announced it. It's, my memory's fuzzy, but I think that's the hope if you have if you have all the Spencer Sanders uh, stock is that you know he wasn't afraid to throw West Lund out there with that's two true. with two pretty good quarterbacks in in Walsh and Shelf. Right. And he gets a life preserver with the redshirt rule. You get yes. you get the you get the four games that it's like because Gundy's so big on what does he do under the lights. I remember asking him after the Florida State game in 14. Was it 14 when they played at Jerry World? Yeah. Like, like how does the way you performed against the number one team in the country change your perception of of the program? Because he's so big about, like, what do you do during the game? Not about practice, obviously, because of the weed and stuff. But, like, what do you, what do, you do on Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, whatever? And I think you get – you get Missouri State, like throw throw them out there. What, what does it hurt? You're not losing a red shirt. Exactly. See, I, I take a different approach. You don't play them until that gauntlet and, and towards the end of the year. I, I, I save Spencer Hold Sanders for the, back for the last four games of the year. OU. Uh, I don't have their schedule in front of me. Was it OU? West Virginia. OU, West Virginia. TCU. 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 Like, it's backloaded. They should be six and zero. Oh. I save them for like the last four games. How cool would that be? That's a. Uh, it would be cool, but I want to see I want to see Spencer Sanders like. Heisman type season as a freshman. See, I, I want mean, all I four. I want four years potential. of them. So I'm only playing them for the last four games. <laughs> I'm pulling a Rudolph, pulling them out of red shirt at the very end of the year. You want to see if you want to see five years of it. Yes. Like you could get last oh, four that's games right, yeah. and then yeah. four more years. Yeah. Like if, if you were playing the NCAA video game, RIP. That's what you would do. You'd play him yeah, the four biggest games, then you know, save him for next year. And he's a true freshman next year. Yeah. That's kind of the, the wild card. Gundy will not do that. I think if he thinks Spencer's the guy, he'll play him from yeah, day one. So yeah. Uh, but that was interesting. And he talked a little bit about Justice Hill. He's set up right next to Mike Gundy behind us. Um, boy, he, he said Justice has already graduated. So uh, He's graduating in this year. This, this year. So he's like, graduating. Yeah, yeah, he he right. will have graduated by his senior year. That's my point. Year. Not good. Graduated year early. Not only was I thinking he was going to leave anyway, now he already has his diploma. I mean, what, unless he just, unless Dax commits to a shoot and he just really wants to play with his little brother, which I'm, I'm dubious. I'm, I think this might be his last year. Dubious. I looked at, uh, I looked at Boone after he said he's graduating, I think in the spring. And I said, he's gone. He's gone. He pulled Gundy. He, he's gone. 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 Yeah. Chuba. <laughs> pulled a Chuba. Now, I do think that there's we sort of conflate the idea that you're a really good college running back with you're going to be a really good prospect in the NFL. I, I have not read or talked to anyone about Justice's prospects in the NFL. I don't know if he's a first-rounder. I don't know if he's a seventh-rounder. I don't, I don't know what he is. But I do think that there's some – like even if he goes out and has like a 1,600-yard year or 1,800 yards, it's like that doesn't necessarily mean – you're going to leave – you're going to be a first-rounder and, and leave the, the team, right. you know. Um, so I do think that there's some there's some wiggle room. 
And I do love that Gundy is like getting out ahead of it. Like he's he's in his third year. He's he's uh, very smart. He's you know they've he's really st- been pumping up his his smarts. I mean he is like legitimately a genius. Yeah, yeah. I think, but um, he's very young. They he act said like that he, yeah. They act like he's like going to veterinarian school <laughs> as, a, as a grad school. Like you know it's like he's gonna be here for six more years. I heard him earlier doing an interview with Rick Neuheisel and. Uh, Justice said he's a finance major. That surprised me. So I guess he's brilliant in, in the business we world. We need to hire him. Yeah. Do our finances. Do our yeah, books. You can help me, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do we want to talk about Dax while we're at it? Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Dax then. Um, a little bit of news out of Big 12 Media Days from Justice today? Maybe. Um, so I'm looking at John Hoover now. He talked with Justice Hill and said that um, Justice said he would be surprised to see Dax wearing crimson and cream, so going to, to OU. Um, he didn't say that OU had been eliminated, right. um, but a lot of people think that OU is the favorite for him, obviously a five-star Booker T kid. Um, so that, that would be news. I don't, you know, I don't know if Dax is, he's not going to say anything. He still has his top list, Alabama. Clemson, OSU, Ohio State, Michigan, OU. Uh, but yeah. Can I just yeah. say I don't trust anyone in, in all of this <laughs> because yes. Justice has been a part of these yeah, that's these tweet, cryptic these, tweets. These tweets and this like messing with every fan base on but I don't I don't I mean I think it's more valid if, if he said it like on video. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I'm I'm sort of kidding. Yeah. I'm kind of kidding. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're all in on the joke, though. Yeah. It's like, you know, Dax is like, hey, just tell them I'm cutting OU, see what they say. Yeah, you know? like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It yeah. does seem like Dax and Justice, <clears throat> along with him, they're trying to make it more of an event, more of a mm-hmm. mystery. Which I'm fine with. Which is fine. It's I, fun. I, I would do that if I was a five-star recruit, too. Yes. But there's some kids that yeah. pretty much are straight shooters, and you yeah. kind of know where they stand. Yeah. I think I think some like, like the attention a little bit, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that's certainly news. Him yeah. saying that. I don't think we just talked about how brilliant justice is. Maybe we're maybe we're all uh, <laughs> we're being duped. We're being duped. But uh, that's certainly news. And just you get the sense that uh, he might just end up going to one of those big blue bloods. But right. obviously, OSU's still in a good position as well, having yeah. having justice on the team. And I think I think OSU's done all they can. It's just a matter of does he want to go to school in Stillwater? Where would you guys go if you were Dax Hill? Florida State. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just a kid who grew up a Florida State fan. Uh, people aren't going to like hearing this, but if I was Dax Hill and I was a five-star recruit, I just look back on my minuscule athletic career. I wanted to be on the best team mm-hmm. with the best players. Yeah. And if I'm a five-star kid and I look at the, t- the, the level of recruits that OSU has committed and is going to sign, yeah. none of them are on your rivals All-American team. Kyle's writing about this. Uh, none of them are in the same circles you run in. Mm-hmm. That would concern me if I was Dax Hill. I, yeah. would, I would want to go play with the best players. Yeah. And I think also you factor in <laughs> the NFL aspects. OSU hasn't put a ton of guys in the NFL on defense. They have. They have Manuel Ogba, certain select few. Justin Gilbert. But it's not like Alabama, who's just everyone that goes there ends up in the NFL. So that would be hard to turn down. Ohio State has two or three DBs taken in the first round every year now. That's hard to turn down. So if I were him, and people don't like hearing this, even though I grew up, you know, watching OSU and going to games, it'd be tough for me if I was a five-star kid, even if I was an OSU fan, to go to OSU. Yeah. So where would you go? 
Probably Ohio State if I was Dax. Yeah. I mean, as I mentioned, they have two DBs in the top ten almost every year, yeah. let alone the first round. There's th- their track record's off the charts, not to mention they're, they're Ohio State. Like, there are certain schools that are just different. There's five or six schools that are above everyone else, and they're one of them. So How much of it- that would be a way to appease – OSU fans, if you don't go to OSU, you're not going to OU as well. Right. How much you're going of, to the wrong OSU and yeah. OSU fans. Yeah. I was going <laughs> <was gonna>, to <laughs> say, how much of a dagger is it if I'm if he waits till signing day and says I'm going to OSU and pulls out an Ohio State hat? Oh, Ooh, that yeah, that would, that would uh, sting. I don't think OSU fans would forgive him for that. <laughs> no, for sure not. Kyle, where for would sure you go? Probably Ohio State. I mean, I I think Alabama's too crowded. OU, I I mean. It's possible they both grew up OSU fans because Justice got an OSU offer early, committed early, yeah. didn't waver. He was like the first commit. In what his what class. did he end up in terms of like how high, like how nationally, how high of a recruit? Low three star, like mid to low three star. So he was like the 280th best player or lower? 400th? Like 400, 500 somewhere on there. Really? Yeah. Which that's where Gundy would respond to Mike Holder right there. It doesn't it's mean like my evaluations better than right. yeah. rivals' evaluations. Yep. I I would I think I would go to Ohio State as well. Yeah. Just because I would want a job at Eleven Warriors someday, <laughs> and as a former player, I could I could easily get that. Well, now, I, I I do think what you said about in like. I think we don't give enough credence to how much these guys think about getting to the NFL, especially your top 50 guys, your top 10 guys. He's, he's yeah. the number eight recruit in the country. Yeah. Like, we talk about him as if he's, like, the best recruit in Oklahoma. He would be the best recruit in, like, all but four states yeah. or six states or whatever right. it is. And so I think that when you look at what Ohio State's done with its defense and its DBs to send them to the NFL, that just that's a big deal, you know? And, and to think about how much – that money that being a top seven or nine pick can change your life that's not a small thing yeah and i've been to a game at ohio state there is a hundred thousand people at that game it's not gonna look like the season opener for osu is it better is it a better atmosphere than like a like a big time ou game uh, it was on par, if okay. not better. I mean, just the sheer size of it was different, yeah, yeah. right? 100,000 is different than 85 yeah. that, that OU has. Yeah. Um, the stadium itself isn't that nice. It's very old. Yeah. It looks like an mm-hmm. like a, looks like a, you know, the old Coliseum almost yeah, yeah, in a yeah. way. It's just kind of right. worn down. But just people don't realize how big Ohio State is. Yeah. Like when they go to on the road, they'll have 20, 30,000 people going mm-hmm. with them on the road to certain games. That's so crazy. It's just a different level of college football program yeah. which if you're a crew that's hard to that's hard to right. ignore and you yeah. go to a game we all we we do a an osu podcast it's not like we don't like osu it's just going to an osu game in august or september yeah when there's it's different fifty thousand, right as opposed to 110 that's just a different that's just a different sport almost in a way well we talk about it all the time i mean it's obviously like he's justice hill's younger brother that plays a factor not every recruit his caliber has ties that deep to Oklahoma State. That has to that has to matter. Yeah. But how much that matters, how much that impacts his decision, how familiar he is with with Oklahoma State. He's been up there dozens of times, and he's mentioned it. You know, that's that's a factor. Um, I don't know how well, how you, much of a factor. You factor in, you know, Gundy recruited Justice. He yeah. obviously has a relationship with you know, Dax you know, and his treated parents. Justice well. And they've. They've known Dax for the longest, considering right. they recruited Justice. So that 
look, there's a reason OSU's in the final grouping there for, for Dax. And mm -hmm. I, I hope they land them. It would be great for business, as, as you like to say, Kyle. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Uh, and obviously, OSU's done an unbelievable job with running backs, too. They're always yeah. among the lead leaders in, in rushing. So they're, or I'm thinking of Justice. Uh, <laughs> they have done a good job with Justice. They have though. done a jo good job with Justice. but I, I think they've done a pretty decent job with defensive backs as well. You look at yeah. guys like Trey Justin, Flowers. Justin Gilbert they, yeah. that have gotten to the NFL. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, Flowers, um, Kevin Peterson, Marco, Marco Martin. Yeah. I mean, these are guys that have gone on to play in the NFL. Whereas they Parish were Cox. coming out of high school, they were yeah, Parish Parish Cox, Cox, still playing. Coming out of high school, they were probably not like it wasn't in their path that they were going to go to the NFL, right. and they they got transformed into that in Stillwater. So I, I think I think that's important. I, I think that matters. Do we call him Dax or Daxton? Oh, you get to do that good. That's Dax. Officially Daxton. One X, unlike Dax Garman, right? Just one X. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The the best Dax to come through Stillwater. I mean, that has to be appealing too. He could immediately be the best Dax to ever play at Oklahoma State, right? Or how? What would he have to do to be the best Dax? Just commit. Play. Yeah. At all. Just, just, just show up. Yeah. Just enroll. Uh, enroll in the university. It is interesting though. This this media day is as opposed to last year. You know, Oklahoma State was right there with OU. Yeah. Picked to win the league. This yeah. year they're under the radar. Just what do you guys like expect from OSU this year? Like as far as expectations, I, I wanted to ask Gundy up there. Didn't get a chance to about just can this team contend? Like yeah. what what is this? What is this team? Yeah. Because they lost so much on offense. What do you guys expect as far as just com coming into this year? I, I don't I don't know. I've gone back and forth on this because you look at the Big 12 and you're like, okay, OU's probably going to win the league because they have a ton, just just an exorbitant amount of talent. And then after that, you're like, whoever. Okay. Like, who's going to finish second? TCU, West, West, West Virginia? Virginia? Maybe. Texas? Texas? Okay. Like, I, I legitimately think Oklahoma State can finish second or third in the Big 12. Now, I say that. They finished third last year with Mason Rudolph and, <laughs> and James Washington. Lost three home games. But I, I just think that because there's not that glut of elite quarterbacks like there has been in the past, that it, that anything can happen in those games. We've seen like crazy Big 12 seasons. I mean, Kansas State's picked a uh, finish sixth in 2000. When, was it? when did they win the league? 2012? 12, right yeah. after OSU. Yeah. And they end up winning the league. T uh, TCU's picked to finish seventh in 2014 and they end up tying for the league championship so those are those are years in which you didn't have colin klein was the best quarterback in the big 12 right. or whatever um and so you you've seen that before and i think i don't think osu is going to win the big 12 but i think they could finish second or third mm -hmm. as as kind of the the high end of their chances what do you think boone i think the taylor cornelius thing is interesting to me because it feels like the safe pick like yeah. if you're looking for like upside Spitzer Sanders High or four. Joe Brown, yeah. Um, but to me, maybe Gundy likes Cornelius because he's smart. He doesn't say a word. He doesn't <laughs> throw into traffic. And maybe he thinks he's got a good defense. Maybe he likes what Jim Knowles has in his new system. Maybe he thinks that this team could be kind of reminiscent of 2013 when that defense was mm. elite. Best defense in yeah. LSU history. And he's thinking, I've got a stallion at running back in Justice Hill. J.D. King can move my car <laughs> with he can one lift it hand. over his head. <laughs> and we've got a, a really good running back room. We're going to run the ball. We're going to play it safe through the air yeah. and just play defense. Well, he, Maybe he thinks he's got something that we don't know. We need to add uh, Gundy saying Jim, 
Knowles uh, to the bingo card. Did you hear him say Knowles? Knowles. Nose. 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 You love that Oklahoma draw. It was so good. <laughs> uh, as far as OSU is concerned, like I do agree. Like I'm interested to see how much they want to run the ball. They, they yeah. wanted to run the ball last year. How many times last year were we saying, God, why are they running it Texas. so much? Right. Now they have Dax and, and JD King, as you mentioned, and yep. an experienced quarterback. They don't have that Dax. can help. That can. They don't have Dax. What did I say? You said <laughs> they have Dax. I'm already turning into old man where I confuse the brothers. <laughs> I just. I wish they had Dax. I wish Dax was taking the carries. Uh, <laughs> but running the ball will help their defense, I would think. I'm yeah. interested to see how fast they want to play on offense too, if they yeah. keep their defense maybe a little more fresh. But obviously, as Kyle said, OU's the pick. But after two, two through six, you could put them in any order. Yeah. I, I would not argue with seven you. even. But the funny thing is about OU. Yeah. I heard this talk on the radio the other day. They were going position by position comparing OU and OSU. Yeah. And they were finding themselves saying OSU more than <laughs> OU as far really? as position by position. So, like, running back, receiver? I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, running back, maybe not. I mean, OU's pretty loaded, too. I can't. I'd take But I'd take OSU mainly on the yeah. defensive side of the ball is my point. Yeah. Wow. I mean, OU has lost a lot. Of, they lost uh, Okoronkwo. Yeah. I mean, their number one pass rusher. They've recruited better on that side of the ball but my point is it's not as if OU is vintage OU this yeah, year right. it's more of indecisiveness with the rest of the league picking them number one and I don't think I think OSU can make a real run at it just because the league's so even you're talking me into it I mean I, I, I believe that and, and a lot of it depends on quarterback obviously but <laughs> I do think people don't give Gundy like when you put OSU fifth you're just ignoring a decade of history here and you put mm-hmm. Texas fourth Right. Yeah. You're ignoring 10 years worth of sample size with Gundy that he's going to figure it out. He's going to be in the mix. Yeah. He's going to finish at least third or fourth. Yeah. I don't see them finishing fifth or sixth. Well, and even if you look back at at, uh, 14 when it went sideways, I mean, again, it all has to do with quarterback. They lose. Was that the year they lost Walsh? That was the year they lost Walsh. And then they had to bring in Dax. And And I I just, I think. The offensive line was really bad yeah and the offensive yeah. line is better and I just think if you don't lose if you don't have to go to Dax that's a that's a different season now it turned out because obviously you get Rudolph but I just think it goes back to quarterback play a lot yeah I think so too not to sound too much like Gundy uh, we need to uh, we need a toast let's do it it's time for the Coop Works toast of the week Coop Works bring great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City try the flagship F5 IPA the bold DNR Belgian strong ale or the refreshing horny toad blonde for your next watch party tailgate or get together with friends, enjoy a cold coupe ale works, and please remember to drink responsibly. Okay, Carson, who do you have for your toast of the week? You guys are not going to see this one coming. Uh, I'm going to toast a flyaway IPA, which oh. I told you were really good, right? we got to get some for uh, our summit. They're pretty good. Uh, I'm going to toast one of those to a kid named Austin Caps. Oh, gosh. He's here working. Oh, I, know. I know who that He's is. He's here working for the Big 12. Yeah. He was rocking a mullet last year, and he still is. Yeah. And it has he cut it? No, it's it's in full flow. So he has he's it's trimmed, longer actually. He's trimmed the top. Yes. And I actually he was in the hallway earlier, and I saw him from afar. Yeah. I thought it was Gundy. Yeah. Like, oh, Gundy changed into a yes. polo. That's weird. Yeah. And it was him. Yeah. So I want to toast him for uh, sticking with the mullet a full year later after debuting it at Big Big Twelve Media Days. So yes. good. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Um, I'm gonna go what I always go with, which is an F5 IPA. And I'm going to toast uh, Bob Bowlesby. I think that in the middle of all this talk about the Big 12's death and the Big 12's going away and all this stuff, I, I, it, it's kind of thriving. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, don't, 
I don't think it's taking on the SEC or the Big Ten. I'm not saying that, but I think they're – and maybe the, all of this was inadvertent. It, maybe this was not part of his plan. But uh, they're they are finding uh, success uh, in the middle of a, of a kind of an ambiguous landscape. Pac-12 is not doing great. Um, ACC is a little bit up in the air. And I just feel like they've done a pretty good job with, with where the Big 12 is at. So an, an F5 IPA to him. He yeah. can buy a few with his salary. I think he makes <laughs> a couple mil a year or something like that. Not a bad gig. Must be nice. Uh, I'm going to toast a briefcase brown mm. to the oil baron, oh. Taylor Cornelius. Wow. Brought his briefcase to work <laughs> several years. He probably Wasn't actually has awarded. a briefcase. 100% <laughs> he does. Everyone over 6'4", I think, has a briefcase. It's just a, it's just a rule. Um, but kept working, never transferred, never looked elsewhere, or maybe looked elsewhere but never left. Yeah. But, um, it looks like he's maybe won the starting job at Oklahoma State. That's a that's a huge thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Props to the oil brand. It's good. Yeah, he's on scholarship, right? Yes, he, he is now. Walked he on now. how many years? Walked ago? Walked on like four years ago. Four years ago, I think the same year as um, Rudolph. As Rudolph, yeah. but he he has a red shirt. And so. think about all the other walk-ons that have come in that time. Remember Nick Burns? Nick he's, Burns. He's not yep. only. It looks as if beating out other scholarship guys that are on the on campus right now, right. but it looks like he has the heads up on. Some pretty good recruits, and yep. the kid from Hawaii, and, and obviously Spencer Sanders. Yep. I think I see the. I think I see Austin right now. Is that him over there with the mullet? That's him. Yeah. That yeah should we like invite him on the pod that's right now? <laughs> that's so good. It's pretty long, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, good flow. Okay, we also need to. We need to talk unis, Carson and okay. Kyle. Kyle gets to talk unis this right. week. Let's get to this week's uniform review brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Okay, we're going to talk about the uniforms. Uh, I did think it was funny that uh, Barry Trammell, of all people, asked Mike Gundy about uniforms, (laughs) and Gundy went on a rant. We haven't talked about this. Gundy went on a rant about Generation Z (laughs) and bling and... uh, Things that move fast. Things that move fast. Uh, bright, shiny things, bright lights, big colors. Yeah. It was it was crazy. I think we might be underrating what he said within that. Um, he was almost dogging recruits for their personal yeah. preferences. Yeah, social, he was ruining it. Bling yeah. and social media. That's yeah. what they like. Is what he said, <laughs> which was hilarious. Bling and social media. But are, were you surprised by uh, the helmet? So they brought the Patriot Pete helmet. Mm-hmm. That's the helmet that they're showing off here in front of the Big 12 trophies. Was that is that what you would have brought, Carson? No, I ride for any of the black helmets. The bad. I thought that they've you know they were debuting the badge helmet last year. Remember they had the the Paisley badge helmet was on full display. Mm, yeah. Seemed like they were pushing that one. I'm I'm glad that one's not here. Yeah. But I would go with that matte black brand they wore in Bedlam, man. That's to me that's the best helmet that's they've true. ever worn. Or um, the I like the badge with the chrome face mask, but they went strictly white helmets they got Patriot Pete and then at the actual dais that Gunny did his press conference had the the updated chrome brand on the white helmet yeah so good, li- good choices I like that one decent choices yeah I would have gone black helmet but uh, Jake Trotter's standing Jake here Trotter's you want to join us jumping on the podcast that, are we live we're, we're live. live are you guys stirring up more trouble for people we're talking about <laughs> uniforms we're back in our world okay yeah. good alright talking about Generation <laughs> Z yeah <laughs> uh, Jake were you surprised by what uh or Gundy's lack of answer about not recruiting? Really. Not really. Oh, yeah, not really. I, 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 You know, he could have put put the fire out a little bit more. Yeah. Eased the tension. He didn't do that. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
But I also don't think he's lying. I mean, if he hadn't talked to Holder about it, then and you, you don't know, think, what's the point of saying anything? You don't think right. he has? Uh, well, Holder himself said they hadn't talked as of like a week and a half ago. Right. And I didn't get the indication from Mike <laughs> that they had. Uh, you don't think yeah. they were hanging out? They had since. So uh, he didn't quash the issue. It'll just kind of go go away on its own like a lot of these Oklahoma State controversies. <laughs> but uh, they, they I go. did think it was interesting he said Cornelius is our guy. Yeah. Because I fully ex- – I mean, it, it, you look around the Big 12, I can tell you who everybody's starting quarterback is going to be. We have a lot of fake quarterback battles. Like <laughs> yeah. TCU yesterday. Yeah. Uh, OU. Texas. OU. But I actually thought Oklahoma State was going to be a legit quarterback yeah. battle, and it doesn't look like it will be. Now, yeah. I think that Drew Brown and or Spencer Sanders could still win the job into the season, but yeah. it looks like, at least for week one, that it's going to be Cornelius. Yeah, yeah that was surprising. Yeah, I, I agree. Are you as high on Spencer Sanders as me and Kyle Boone are? I'm high. I'm high on him. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty high on Drew Brown, too, just kind of what from what I've heard. Yeah. Now, he, everybody's seen him yeah. play in Stillwater, but um, – you, you hear rumblings here and there, and I yeah. think they're really impressed. And, and I think they've been impressed with Spencer, you know, yeah. from limited contact, uh, the way he throws the ball and everything this summer. But it, it's impossible to know. Yeah. And that's why I was surprised, considering these guys aren't here yet, that he would he would go ahead and, and anoint Cornelius the guy so soon. Yeah, I, I agree. Do you like my theory where I, I don't play Spencer Sanders until the last four games of the year <laughs> and, then, and keep him as a true it's freshman the, the next year? It's the Mason Rudolph situation. Yeah, just playing for the biggest games. If things are going south, you bring in Spencer Sanders yeah. to uh, take the team to a bowl. Well, Do just you, I even preserve that first year while getting the four most important games. There really the is no incentive to not play Spencer Sanders, at least right. a little bit. Yeah, not right. at all. I mean, e- even if you get him in, uh, you know, those first well, – Boise State's week three, so those first two games yep. – I mean, you know, even if it's for a series here or there, even if it's in a blowout, there there's no incentive to not play him because you can redshirt him well, anyway. Imagine if he hasn't played all year and then Bedlam, second series, that he runs out there. Like, h- yeah. how much is Mike Stoops yelling in the headset? Right. Well, I don't know if they'll do – that would be uh, quite the wrinkle. I do think, though, so Boise State – I don't know if you guys realize, Boise State is good. Yeah. And they are really good on defense, even without Lander, Van Shea, Ivan, yeah. what's his he's name? He's hanging out here. Yeah, Lander. he's a, you know, they picked up the Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year as a grad transfer to fill his role. So that was their one hole at linebacker. And they picked up a guy that can really play from, I think, I think from Montana. And so they are, they're, they're, they're absolutely loaded defensively. They've got depth. They've got a ton of experience. That is going to be a really tough game. And so I think that actually Oklahoma State's quarterback will kind of come out of what happens in that game. Yeah, yeah. good point. Yeah, Boise, point. Boise is good. Yeah. yeah, that would be a really nice win for OSU. Yeah. In fact, you could make the case that Boise after Ohio State, I'm trying to think. USC. Here. I think Boise might be better than USC. I'm wow. trying. To, I'm looking around. Wow. So like better than USC. 15? So who? So who else? So Tennessee. Tech plays Ole Miss. Boise State's better. Iowa. Boise State's better than Iowa. Boise Jeez. State's better than UCLA and or Florida Atlantic. TCU plays Ohio State. Duke. So I think it could be the second toughest game in the Big Twelve. Wow. Boise's good. Boise's yeah. like a top 15 Dang. team. That's, uh, that's not, not to Not to uh, awesome. frighten anyone. <laughs> well, maybe that's they awesome. can't save Spencer for Bedlam then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, they're going to have to empty their bullets. In, in yeah, yeah. For, for sure. That's great. All right. I'll, so guys, guys, I'll you guys too. Yeah, no Thanks, problem. Yeah, no problem guys. That's our guest of the hey, week. Yeah. You guys are going to like stir it up, give me a heads up that, hey, this is coming. You know. Yeah, I'll shoot you a text next time. Yeah. Mid pod. I'm just going to go ahead and type, by Jake Trotter, Frisco, Texas, Dateline. Uh, They've done it again. According to the <laughs> Pistols Firing Podcast. Yes. <laughs> See you, Jake. Uh, oh, the best, maybe the best tweet that came from the podcast was the guy that wrote, uh, 
Mike Holder literally had shots fired on the shots fired pistol. <laughs> the, the, the podcast is literally named Shots Fired, and Mike Holder is firing shots at Mike Gundy. That was great. Uh, okay, we need to start wrapping up here because I think we got the players in Gundy coming over. But Kyle, uh, do you wish they would have brought a different helmet? No, no, I like I like Patriot Pete. Yes, yeah, I do. I do too. Uh, and I like the Chrome uh, brand on the white helmet too. So. Yeah. I was uh, Patriot Pete's grown on me, man. When they debuted it, I was like, "Oh man, this is." It took me a little bit. Bow-legged Pete doesn't look good on a helmet. There's but it some looks pretty good. One of my takeaways from uniform wise, there's some bad uniforms in the Big Twelve. Oh, like when yeah. you see them all up there, yeah, and the different colors, it's like that entire left side. Baylor, what is the Baylor, worst? Baylor stinks. Iowa State Kansas stinks. Kansas is the worst. Kansas is awful. I don't like K State. I think K State's the worst. Iowa State's still trying to be USC. <laughs> well, they just rolled out new uniforms. Black know, ones. They're, and they're, they're pulling the high school move where you get black uniforms. I do. I do like TCU in Texas. I don't like Tech. There's like three good. I'm uniforms. glad Texas went back to the brown sticker instead yeah. of the chrome. It's just that's classic Texas. Don't mess with it. The chrome was fun for like a game. Yeah. But now they're back to the original. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Script, and then we will come back and wrap things up and go talk to Gundy some more. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, guys, final thoughts uh, or expectations for kind of the rest of the summer. We'll be at uh, the Golf Media Days outing here in a couple weeks, yep. all playing together, which will be a lot of fun. We'll have to do this again, hopefully grab a coach or two. Yeah, play some um, golf. Uh, no Glenn Spencer this year to point at Boone and tell him how great a job he does. That was so crazy. Sucks. Excited to talk to Jim Knowles. We haven't, he hasn't spoken since being named coach. You yeah. do a great job. Yeah. Uh, and plus, I don't think – like I was talking with someone, OSU's never officially announced Jim Knowles as the defensive coordinator as far no, as like know. a news release. I know. It's <laughs> literally not official. It's yeah. Crazy. Which is, yeah. It's Which funny. is Gundy. <laughs> they also yeah, totally. They didn't announce a few signings either. A couple of junior college kids that just. Really? They're just, yeah. yeah. They're just in. Yeah, they're just in. Uh, so just expectations for the rest of the summer? Um, I, I still think, I'm, I'm with Carson. I think the quarterback race isn't settled. Yeah. Even though Gundy says Cornelius is the guy. Um, I haven't sold my Spencer Sanders stock. Well, you were trying to. Well, I didn't get any calls. I still have it. Okay. And I'm going to keep holding it. I I think he'll play. Yeah. And if he plays, I think things are going to happen. Yeah. So. I like it. Yeah. The the rest of the summer, it's always hard because you get so, like, kind of amped up after Big 12 media days, and you're like, oh, yeah, we got six weeks until the start of the season. But. Uh, we'll be in Stillwater here in a couple of weeks for both the golf outing and uh, the media day at Gallagher Abbey. So that should be fun. And uh, yeah, appreciate you guys sitting down to do this. It was fun. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see you at Carson Creek. Okay. Boone. Can't wait. See you later. Good luck on the Dax beat. Yes. <laughs>